Uh, dear friends, hello, hello, hello. Uh, I want to introduce today Todd Neslone. He is educator, he is international speaker, and who is the person, when I watched his TED speeches, I was crying a lot, a lot, a lot. Now let's describe why it's happened. Dear Todd, hello. I'm happy to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. Oh, me also. I'm so happy to see you. I know that you're educator and the international speaker. And in your TED speeches, actually, you were talking about your grandmother a lot. And you were talking that every person, by telling his stories, can inspire somebody. And the reason why I was crying, because your grandmother was exactly like my grandmother. It touched my heart. Mm -hmm. So uh, let us talk about your new book, can you tell me a little bit about that and uh, what is your new book about? Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you watched my TEDx's. Thank you. Um, you know, that story of my grandmother is one of my, my most personal ones to share. And it's always one that, that it just means a lot to me because of the impact she had on me as an, as an educator, but as a human too, because she was a teacher, but she was also my grandmother. So of course I loved her and she taught me a lot, but you know, my new book that you mentioned is called When Kids Lead. And I wrote it with my friend, Adam DeVico, who lives in North Carolina in the United States. And we wanted to write a book about how any of us, whether we are parents, whether we are teachers, a coach, anything, how we can grow kids into powerful leaders, regardless of their age or their background or their resources they have. And so when we talk about that with other educators, we hear a lot of excuses a lot of the time of, well, I don't know how to do it for kindergarten. I don't know how to do it for a teenager who doesn't have a car. I don't know how to do it for this, this, this. And so we wrote a book filled with ideas and step-by-step -step resources to help any adult be able to grow kids into powerful leaders. So you think that uh, any kid, even if he's from a poor family, if he doesn't have uh, good education, even if his parents divorced, and uh, you know, even if he's uh, sleeping on the floor, we can help them? Can you give me some tips, please? Yes, you know, because so often we feel that one of the biggest things kids need is an opportunity. They need an adult who can tell them they can do it. They need an adult who's going to help them through some of the situations. And so some of the things we talk about in the book um, are, you know, I at my school, when I was a head principal, I had what was called social media interns. And I had grade uh, age 10 and 11 year olds run all the social media for my school. They posted everything on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram for us, and they got to tell the story of our school. Um, I know at Adam's school, he had kids leading conferences with their parents. So in the United States, we have a, every semester, we have parents come in and meet with the teacher and they're called parent teacher conferences where the teacher tells the parents everything that the kid's been doing and what they can work on. Well, we kind of decided that shouldn't be the role of solely the teacher. We have to train the kids on how to talk about their own goals, how to talk about where they're working to get better or the things that they could be doing differently. Um, and then the other really big thing that we talk about in the book that was one of my favorite things to do as a school principal was every single classroom teacher had selected and trained what they called a classroom greeter. 
And so that all of the kids at our school learned how to shake hands when greeting somebody before COVID, obviously. Now we'd switch it up a little bit, uh, but they would learn how to, how to introduce themselves. They all learned how to ask a question to show the person you're interested in them to, to instigate conversation um, and then how to invite that person into the learning. So whenever you would walk into any classroom at our school, there would always be a student that jumped up ran over to the door and greeted you, told you what they were learning about and invited you to come in to the learning. Because our kids, you mean we, you and I right here today are a perfect example that in the world we live in today and in the future, they're gonna be working with people from all over the world. So they have to know how to have a good conversation, how to set a good first impression, how to keep conversation going. And so we believe you can teach that to any kid and, and we proved it at our schools. You know, Todd, it's very interesting what you're saying and it's very unusual because let's say if you're 75 years old, if you're a person who have, you know, very long life, I will understand it, but you are a young, handsome guy and the way that you choose a job of educator, uh, it's not very common, um, let's say for Russia, it's not very common. Unfortunately, being educator, being a teacher, it's not that prestigious for a man. You see, let's say in Russia, it's prestigious to be a business person and the way how you love your job, I can see that your job is like your passion and you're doing not a job. I feel that it is bigger than a job. It's like a calling. And uh, I see it's not written in the books. Like you should be like taught. You should be. I want to know you're taking it. Okay. I understood you take a lot from your grandmother who taught you to be a very big person. And I saw in your TED Talks that you are from part of Texas where there are many families who are not rich. So from where you take all these ideas, I try to understand. Well, you know, here in the United States, you don't see as many men become teachers either, especially elementary. Um, just like that, how you were talking about in Russia. And for me, you know, I've always been the kind of person that, and, and my mom taught me too, to, to you need to find a job that you love, that you know is the one meant for you. It doesn't matter if you don't make as much money as somebody else, because just because that person's making all the money doesn't mean they actually like what they do. And it doesn't mean they're going to last very long. Um, and so for me growing up, you know, I always thought I was going to be a veterinarian. I loved animals until I was like in early middle school. And I found out that you don't just get to play with animals. Like you have to do surgery on them and blood. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be a veterinarian anymore. Um, and so then the idea of, you know, I loved working with kids. I volunteered at a summer camp every summer. I taught Sunday school at my local church. And so I had a lot of experience with kids and fell in love with the idea of being a teacher. And I'd never thought that I would be a teacher, but once I got in there, I, I really discovered that my passion wasn't necessarily the curriculum side of things. My passion was more when I was in school, I can't remember any teacher that really left an impact on me. I, 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 was, I was a good kid. I never really got in trouble. So I never really stood out. And I knew that there were so many kids that felt like me, like we were kind of invisible. And so my bigger goal being a teacher was I want to help every child feel like they're the most important person in the world for them to see that they have value within them that makes them unique 
and special. And so that has always been my favorite part of being in education is being able to unlock that in kids that traditionally would have been counted out, would have been ignored, would have been made excuses about, or, oh, they behave too bad, or they're bad, they're from a bad neighborhood. I wanted to be that person to say, okay, watch me bring out the best in that kid. And that has kept my fire burning and has kept me just loving what I do even to this day. Uh, Todd, if you allow me, I want to ask a little bit a uh, personal question. Yeah. Do you have kids yourself? Well, uh, my wife and I are actually pregnant right now. So we do have twins that are coming in July. I do not have any, we have fur babies. So we have three dogs that live at our house, um, but we have twins that will be here in July. So I'm, uh, you know, uh, as a mother of twins, uh, I would like to wish you good luck and I will pray for the health of your family and of your wife. That is a wonderful news. So tell me, please, this is a um, thing that how can we help a person who is invisible, who is very weak, who is very shy, who is not sure of himself, who is not from good family, who, as you put it uh, in some families, uh, you put it and I was shocked that you visited one family and there is 17 people in one room mm -hmm. and you can switch on the light only three times a week because the fourth week wasn't paid. And right. I was shocked because um, uh, I never heard about it and I never could imagine that yeah. this is existing. So how we can uh, help and how you can help a person like that? Well, you know, I think there's two sides to this answer. The first one is, is, you know, I wasn't raised like that either. Um, I came from a single parent home. My mother raised me and my brother on her own and she had to work multiple jobs. And so we weren't wealthy. We, we would what many consider to be poor, but not as poor as not being able to afford electricity or running water, things like that. And I think the first thing we need to do is educate ourselves. We really need to spend time learning about different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds, different era, kinds of poverty, and then going out and, and being involved in those communities to really deepen our understanding. The other answer to this that I would say is it's not the same for every kid. Um, so there's not one answer where it's like, oh, you always have to do this. But what I will say always is the case is you always need to get to know the child spend time getting to know personally who they are, what their likes are, what they don't like, what they're, uh, I, I, I always remember a, an educator that I really admire, his, her name is Angela Myers. And she's always said, if you really wanna reach a kid, you have to first find what breaks their heart. Because if you find what breaks their heart, that's what they will move heaven and earth for. That's what they are so passionate about, what is ingrained in them. And so for me, it's always, I often find that there's so many kids and adults, not just a kid thing, but so many kids who have never been told that they're good enough, have never been told that they can dream big and work to get to that dream. And so a lot of my job is just constant encouragement and helping them see the neat things that I, I already see in them helping them see it too, because you know, we're all our own worst critic. 
we all doubt ourselves more than anybody else can doubt us. And so I always feel like, you know, we got enough negativity in the world. I'm going to build others up around me and help them see the greatness that I already see in them. What is your bigger doubt about yourself? You know, it's funny because what a lot of people don't believe about me is that I'm actually an extreme introvert. And so, but I present for a living and I speak to people for a living. And every time it's really hard for me, like I got super nervous before this call. I was like sick to my stomach. Um, I think one of my biggest doubts is- I'm so sorry. I don't believe you because you're super- confident, super funny, and super charming. And well, see, that, that's what you have to portray, even when you're not feeling it. Because, you know, I think my biggest doubt has always been not feeling like my voice. You're afraid that uh, Be Live TV or Zoom will not be working? Or you're afraid a person from Russia who is sitting in Dubai? Or what exactly you were afraid of? You know, I, I, don't, I, I think it's more of a, am I the right person to be speaking? Um, because I see so many people on social media and in person who are doing so many good things that I compare myself to them instead of being proud of what I do bring. And so it's a constant battle. Um, I have great people around me who tell me, get over it. Stop thinking that you're crazy. Um, and I think we all need those kind of people in our life, but that's definitely one of the things that I battle the most. You are amazing. You are superstar. I absolutely agree with your grandmother and being educator at the age of 35 from Texas and having 750 kids in your school and making all of them feeling good. This is not, this is a kind of angel job. Uh, I just <laughs> want to remind you. Tell me, Thank please. You. Uh, also, this Angela Mayo, whom you admire, she said that uh, the most terrible, the most sad is when the story is not being told or something like that. And you are a specialist in storytelling. I know that a lot of people um, not telling a story about themselves because they think, oh, who am I? I'm not good enough. I'm not a great expert. I don't have that good education. I'm not in the Forbes list. I don't know, thousands things, you know, why storytelling and why we need to tell stories about, about ourselves, why you think it's important? Well, you know, I, the, I have a podcast that I do weekly called Tell Your Story, which was started after my second book that I wrote called Stories from Web. When I wrote that book and I featured stories from over 50 different people who worked at my school, the biggest feedback I got from the public was exactly what you said. Um, that whole feeling like, wow, you know, that person they don't have any kind of social media following. They're not famous at all. But when they told that story, I really connected with it. Like it made me feel less alone. Um, one of the examples is in the book, um, one of the stories that shared is a teacher who suffered a miscarriage. And she talks about the pain in that and, and how that uh, formed her as a mother and an educator. And I remember somebody reaching out to me and saying, thank you for including that story because it made me feel less alone. And I haven't shared that side of my story before. And when I think about, then that's what kind of started the podcast for me was I want to find people who aren't always on the top of people's lists of, oh, the must follow educator or the best athlete or a TV superstar. Like I just want to find everyday people and spend 15 minutes talking with them and allowing them to share pieces of themselves because every one of us has a story and every one of our stories, even though we may feel it's insignificant, 
it impacts others when we tell it. And so we often have to just get over ourselves and share our journey, share our struggles and our successes and be proud of that part of ourselves because it made us who we are. So you recommend you just come to anybody, you come in the supermarket on this in the Starbucks and you tell guys, I'm very sorry, stop drinking your hot chocolate. It's not good for your health. Better listen to my story or how to find this place. You should tell it in the social media, on the stage. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And he's thinking, okay, Todd is a great guy, handsome guy, but how can I start telling my stories? Well, you know, the, the, the way I started was through blogging. For me, it was helpful for me to put out my story through writing and a blog was a very easy way to do it. It was a very safe way to start. The other thing is, you know, I think sometimes when we're in conversation with friends or with colleagues, we hear somebody bring something up and we don't say anything because we don't feel like we have anything to add to the story or anything to add, or, you know what, I don't want to get personal with these people, but it, it's more of a, you know, not, I think, you know, like you said, like not bringing it up at the coffee shop or with random strangers or things like that, but knowing that it's okay to talk about yourself. It's okay to share good news on social media when something great happens or when you get recognized or when you feel really proud of something you've accomplished, it's okay to share when you're struggling and when things are really hard and when I really need somebody who can help me with this because I'm not doing well in this right now. I think it, it, it looks different for everybody. It's not necessarily a, I have to be on video or I have to be on a stage telling it. It's like, no, you can find ways, even in your own family, many of us, have parts of ourselves we haven't even completely shared with family. And so spending time saying, hey, mom, I'd love to go grab some coffee and just talk about some things that are going on in my life. You want to just go catch up and just allowing ourselves to be just a little bit more vulnerable in sharing the hard stuff. But also I think too many of us, we don't share the good either because we feel like we're bragging or we're trying to make other people feel bad. It's like, no, share it. It's going to impact someone. Dude, you cannot imagine because Americans in our stereotype is the people who always smiling. They have Hollywood smile. They always say, hello, how are you? I'm super. I'm amazing. I'm doing great. But if you will ask somebody from Russia, you know, uh, it's like by the culture of Dostoevsky, we need to torture ourselves and to think self-criticism. Uh, you have a dog, you're so welcome. You told me you have a big family. So of course, but uh, I agree with you that we need to please and to praise ourselves and remove this yeah. uh, self-criticism because if you criticize from morning till evening, it's nothing, uh, nothing happened. Uh, you know, uh, you touched one topic in your books and in your talks that uh, father's role, father's role is very important for kids. And um, you mentioned that when fathers come to school, kids are very happy. Um, you know, I know that for us also the role of father, unfortunately, is not that strong. Most right. of the fathers are working hard and even they don't know how to communicate with kids how to, it's possible to improve it. Yeah, you know, I, and I don't think that's a Russian thing. I think that's a everywhere around the world thing because it's the same <laughs> here in the United States. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that can always get better. And it's not, and I want to start with saying, it's not saying that the females in the child's life are not important. That's not what we're saying here. 
but there is a lot of research that talks about the value and importance of the male role model in the child's life, whether that be their father, their grandfather, their uncle, their older brother, like there's a lot of ways that can look. But I know at a, at the school that I was at, we saw very little male involvement in children. Um, they weren't coming to school. They weren't coming to the events. They weren't really coming to conferences with the parent, nothing. And so I realized that, you know, I really want the men to see that they have a place that they don't have to know all the answers. They don't have to do it right all the time. The best thing they can do is show up. That's the biggest thing. It's like convincing men that you being here, just your presence in this space means the world to that kid. And really getting the men to see and understand that um, when we did our dinner with a gentleman event and saw the huge interest when the men realized you're not going to make me volunteer. You're not going to make me like do this homework with them. You're not going to make it's like, no, we just want you to be here loving on your kid and spending time with them. And it really helped tear down a lot of walls because there's a lot of preconceived notions of what the, what the, what the dad should be doing. And it was kind of that conversation of don't let anybody tell you what you should be doing. Just be present, just be there. And you'll see kind of where you need to fit in that child's life. You know, it's very simple and it's, very simple topic and I'm surprised why we never touch it, why we don't talk much about that. And really dads and fathers are afraid and sometimes they just don't have time. But I think even if you spend 10 minutes without looking at your phone, without looking at your emails, that 10 minutes, it feels like three hours, these 10 minutes can change the life of the person. These 10 minutes are very important. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's not even like, it doesn't even have to be like hours, like you just said, just minutes sometime. And to see how hungry these kids were just to have a few minutes with that man in their life, it just, it was powerful to watch. Mm, I see, I see. Uh, as my last question to you, I want to know what will be your wish since you are from Texas. And for us, Texas, you know, it's a George Bush place. I don't know. <laughs> And, you know, uh, I am very much impressed by what you're doing because you are ruining old stereotypes. Like, number one, you're very friendly. You're very open. You're not afraid to be different. Mm -hmm. And for me, you are the leader in your own way. Thank you. As an educator from Texas, what you would like to wish to our audience, which is from Dubai, from Moscow, from London, from Paris, what you want to wish as an educator, what, what you want to wish for kids and for families? You know, one thing I often tell educators all the time is how dare we walk into our schools every day and tell our kids they must be learning if we aren't learning ourselves every day. And so my wish is just that all of us continue to find ways to grow ourselves and to keep learning and just keep getting better. Our blog is called Hidden Hero. Uh, what do you think? Who is Hidden Hero, Todd? You know, I, I think the the hidden hero are, I, I would say it, it's the educators and it, it's everybody on that school campus, whether it's the nurse or the person working in the cafeteria or the librarian or the lady answering the phones. I think all of them are the hidden heroes in really making sure to give that child the best opportunity. 
I was very happy to see you. I wish that your family become bigger soon. And I wish you to enjoy that moment because you really deserve all the best and you're doing some angel job. For Thank me, you. it's a big honor to know you. Thank you so much. It was a big pleasure to know you, Todd. Thank you. All the best to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, happy New Year, happy 2021, and let ye, this year be very good. Let all people be healthy and let it be better than 2020. I'm happy to welcome today uh, Evgenia Sazonova. She is with the red lipstick. She's a very beautiful lady in the red. Lady in red is dancing tonight with us. <laughs> and uh, her job title is very beautiful and very strong. It's called, uh, it's like a poem, actually. A Guardian of the League of the Guardians of the World Leaders Summit. Unbelievable. And also public speaking expert. Evgenia, hello. I'm very happy to see you. Hello, hello, Olga. Happy to see you too. Thank you for inviting me um, and happy new year. I hope also that our next year will be more, uh, we'll have more happiness and more good things. Uh, so let me uh, tell a couple of words about myself. <laughs> it's a yes. really in interesting title, job title. Uh, in the World Leader Summit, we uh, core team of the World Leader Summit call uh, ourselves, uh, themselves as a guardian of the League of Guardian of the World Leaders Summit. It's a core team, just we um, want to think, we try to think out of the box. So this is the reason we work with the um, uh, entrepreneurs, we help entrepreneurs uh, with uh, their growth. So that's why it's important uh, to be uh, people who think out of the box, yeah? Bravo. I think this with this title, you managed to think out of the box and to look out of the box, definitely. Uh, Evgenia, my first question to you. I know that you are a specialist in such a topic as charisma. And nowadays, there are a lot of songs about charisma, a lot of dreams about of charisma, and everybody wants to be charismatic. And I don't know what's happening, but this world become very trendy. You know, now people think a lot about that. And even before we didn't use it that much. So can you tell me please, what is this charisma? And do you think it is important in business or charisma is more for pop singers, for actress, for lovers, for beauties? Uh, what do you think? Uh, do we need charisma in business? Uh, thank you for this question. It's a very interesting question. Uh, actually, after my presentation, my last presentation about charisma on the World Leaders Summit, my friend uh, asked me, please uh, tell, tell uh, people more understandable words, because what, what, what is this charisma? I, I don't understand what, what is it. And um, uh, so that's why, first of all, I'd like to uh, talk a bit about what is this charisma. Um, we think that we have charisma um, just from uh, our birth. If we didn't get it, so we will never have our charisma. Yeah, it's just like we always think about it. Uh, and I started to research uh, this question a couple of years ago, and I found very interesting uh, research of a famous expert in charisma and leadership, Olivia Fox Cadeen. Uh, she uh, has lectured uh, in Oxford, Harvard, and the United Nations. 
and uh, she uh, has concluded that charisma is a, a social skill. It's not, uh, it's not magic, it's conscious behavior. And uh, charisma uh, includes three key points, uh, power, presence, and warmth. It's like warmth, like friendly, friendly behavior. Yeah? Power, presence, Power, presence and warmth. And warmth. Mm -hmm. so, you mean uh, warmth, you're meaning to be warm, yeah? But warm. Uh, warm. But say if we think about uh, Andre Agassi, or if we think about Celentana, or if we think about Belmondo, I'm trying to, or Jackie Chan, I'm trying to mention some people who may be not very handsome, who are not Alain Delon, who, whose proportions are not perfect, but who are very charismatic. For most women in the world, they, they will say that these people are very charismatic. But you said power, presence, power. and warmth, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about attractive, it's not about attractive appearance. It's about energy. Charisma, it's about energy. So uh, previously, of course, uh, we know etymology of this word. Uh, etymology, uh, charisma, it's Greek word. Greek word, which means uh, gift of gods. Yeah. So, uh, but if we will uh, research this question, we see that sometimes really we follow people who don't have um, attractive uh, appearance. It's like, like you mentioned. Yeah. It's absolutely, even if you look at some of the presidents, I don't want to mention any president, so not, not, not any president <laughs> will be upset. But you know, sometimes when you look at presidents, you think, oh my God, how the whole world can uh, follow that person. He's not attractive at all. Uh, but, 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 yeah, okay. So it's interesting to know. So it's the power and the energy and the presence, yeah? It's power, presence and warmth. And uh, even this um, Olivia Fox Cabin, she um, uh, found out uh, some uh, interesting exercises uh, which can improve, can help you to improve your charisma. So you can use some exercises and you will improve your charisma. You're able to become more charismatic person. So it's my work. Evgenia, can you give us one tip? How can anyone uh, improve and increase his charisma? Okay, now look. Mm, if we uh, consider power, so when we, uh, how we uh, do we understand that person, uh, powerful person? It's it's question to you, yeah. And, and I understand that the person is powerful, of course, by yeah. his look. When the person is looking straight into his eyes, and also by the way how he stands. When he stands yeah. and you see him, you can see him as a mountain. He's standing. He's looking into your eyes. So he's open and he's very confident. And also when he's telling the message, this message is kind of bigger than him. You are inspired by the way he's speaking. Yes, sure. Power, it's about confidence. So when we, how do we understand that a person uh, is powerful? It's about straight back. It's like you, you said now. Yeah, it's about straight back. It's about uh, meaning, but meaning it's um, also, and Olivia Fox Cabin mentioned about it. You uh, need to change your mental ecosystem. Then you become more charismatic person. It's what you said before. If you think about something bigger, if you think about your mission, if you think about helping people uh, around uh, all uh, around the world. So in this case, of course, 
you become bigger, not just uh, with your body, but at the same time uh, with your internal, um, I would say, world, internal world. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because let's say if we take uh, a terrible leader like Hitler or like Stalin, can we say that these people were charismatic or no? Yes, they're charismatic. They have a different kind of charisma. They, they powerful. And actually, if about warmth, they, um, they uh, thought about um, uh, people in general, about the uh, countries, about people in uh, their countries. So they uh, thought about welfare of people. Yeah, but in, in, uh, in a bit different way. But anyway, the first, what need a leader, it's uh, confidence. Because uh, why do we need uh, leaders? We need leaders uh, when uh, we, for example, don't feel um, uh, confidence, when we don't feel, um, how can I say, secure. Yeah, so um, leader, it's always somebody who takes responsibility for the future, uh, for the result of uh, any projects. So, uh, Evgenia, uh, uh, during the wars, of course, it's uh, even, you know, that in many countries, uh, wars are used for the elections. If the electors uh, and the people, they don't want to vote for some of the president, and if it is the time of the war or time of the terrorist attacks, of course, uh, it is easier for him to take responsibility and to say, hey, guys, follow me. Yeah, so <clears throat> now we, we talk about charisma. Charisma, it's uh, some, uh, how could I say? It's some energy. I could say that charisma, it's energy. Energy, what you uh, spread. Uh, and um, <laughs> it's not about political or something like this, yeah? It's about um, your, mm, your presence in the world. Uh, it's about uh, your power, as I mentioned, yeah? So, um, it's about um, how you, how do you show yourself? How do you show yourself to people? Yeah. I see. And do you consider yourself a charismatic person? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> interesting question. Actually, um, actually, yes. <laughs> Actually, yes, I'm sure, Evgenia, that you are very charismatic by the way you speak, by the way you look, and the, th the fact that you are doing World Leaders Summit, uh, also that means that you unite people. Uh, I would like to know why they are not, uh, you are doing, okay, summit for world leaders, but I want to know why there are not many leaders women. I know that you support women and you do a lot of things for women. Why there are less women leaders, uh, I hope you will agree with me because even if you start mentioning leaders, I can tell you immediately 20 men leaders mm -hmm. in the world. But if I will talk about really powerful women uh, leaders, maybe I can mention you five, not 20, not 30. Why? Sure, sure. I also I also noticed that um, it's not about, I think that uh, it's um, not, um, about uh, that not so much uh, we don't have so much uh, uh, women leaders in the world I think uh, it's about that we um, we don't see them it's um, they <laughs> we have uh, women leaders but we can't see them because uh, women usually should raise uh, family 
uh, women uh, give birth to children. And uh, it's actually, <laughs> we spend a lot of uh, time for and time and health and energy for all these uh, things. And uh, we can't work hard at the same time, but yeah, when, when we should uh, take care of our family, of our children, uh, we don't have uh, enough energy for um, working hard. But if you want to be, um, if you want to be like top manager, you have to work hard. And um, uh, that's why uh, we just can't see them. I think so. And uh, that's why we but decided... Okay, if we, okay, I, if we can't see them, maybe we don't need them. Maybe they don't deserve to be leaders. Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I don't think, you know, the word deserve, it's a word what... Um, it's we decide what we deserve. It's our mindset. So if a woman think that she uh, don't deserve something, it's, it, it's her choice. So we can choose, we deserve or we don't deserve. And uh, in the World Leaders Summit, we organized um, a very big event in the, on the International Women's Day, uh, special for women um, who um, want you know, how can I say, uh, this event for women uh, who want to change own mindset, who uh, want to see that actually we have women leaders in the world and uh, they are successful leaders. And at the same time, this event for, um, we, we organize special that uh, women could be heard could be, her, uh, uh, you want to give them voice, yeah? You want yeah, to give yeah, them voice. Yeah, I want, yeah. Evgenia, want I will tell voice. you that I think actually that um, the energy of men and women is very different. And maybe the way how women lead, it is more diplomatic and it is more soft sometimes. And the world nowadays needs that energy. And even this pandemic time showed that these women, uh, are, these leaders, they are needed. But um, because if it will not be, then it, this very, very root energy of uh, conquering the world, earning money. And yes, you said that charisma is power and presence. And uh, if we have more men leaders, that, ma that means that men, they have more power and they have more presence. But the third thing that you mentioned was warmth, to be warm. And I think that in this point, to be warm, women are stronger than men. Are you agree with me or not? Uh, you know, I am agree with you, and at the same time, I'm disagreeing. Uh, yes, of course, uh, women more um, more able to the empathy, of course. Uh, at the same time, uh, men are really stronger than uh, women. So I would say that the best way to go together and uh, to take uh, your own responsibility. Uh, when you are more strong, uh, in in what way you more strong? Yeah. So uh, men, for example, can can take responsibility for power, and uh, women for um, warmth and for uh, 
friendly, uh, for being friendly. Yeah, so I think so. Uh, of course, we can improve all of these um, key points. But at the same time, um, I think that we have, uh, and men and uh, women, we have a different power. So it's well, just about it, our difference. It goes without saying. Tell me, please, uh, among these uh, um, speakers, you have a lot of speakers. Who is the one who shocked you or who surprised you or who gave you the biggest uh, impression as a human being? Something that you think is by what he's doing is really unique. Do you, meet, do you meet some person who impressed you to that extent that you want to share with us? Is it a question about uh, who is charismatic person for me? Yeah, yeah, yes. Ah, okay, thank That's you. It's interesting question. I have, um, I have a lot of examples, um, but I would say I like very much speakers, TED speakers. And I could say, um, of course, uh, for me, a very charismatic speaker is uh, Steve Jobs. And at the same time, TED speakers, they are very, very charismatic. And I understand why almost all TED speakers for me uh, are charismatic people because they give the value and uh, they show own vulnerability. Uh, and uh, they are sincere. So for me, I understand as a um, coach, as a public speaking expert, of course, I understand uh, with my mind what <laughs> makes them uh, so charismatic. Yeah, and uh, probably that's why TED Talks are so famous. So, and, and it's actually gold uh, standard of uh, public presentations. Are you agree with me? Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with the word value because there is the value. You can be bold. You can have no hair. You can be very fat. You can be 140 kilograms. You can be in the old genes and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, the topic is that much touching you. That's why it's that. Do you think uh, charisma important in business or you can be because, you know, if you look at the Forbes list again, you will notice that a lot of people there, they don't have that charisma as we expect. They don't look like, uh, you know, they are very, very hidden people. They try mm -hmm. to be hidden. Did you notice that or not? Uh, yes, uh, and uh, it's also about a different kind of uh, charisma. So you can uh, have um, friendly charisma, more friendly. Uh, and you can have uh, more, um, how can I call this? Um, like uh, thinking charisma. <laughs> yeah. You so, mean it's like Steve Jobs type, yeah? Yes, yes, it's something inspirational. You, you can have inspirational uh, charisma also, but Steve Jobs, it's uh, close to inspiration charisma. And, uh, uh, you know, um, the most important, I guess, for charisma and for charisma and business especially, it's uh, be sincere uh, because people, we have uh, so interesting features in our brain. Uh, I, I'm sure that you know about this. It's uh, mirror neurons, you know, yeah? yeah. So it's a, a feature um, which, helps, which helps us to feel each other and to copy each other. 
it means that you feel if, for example, somebody lies, you feel this. You probably don't understand. You don't understand that some person lied to you, but at the same time, you feel that something some, something is going wrong. I don't understand what, what, what is happening, but I feel that it's something not good. And you will not trust this person and you will not follow this person. It means that you will not do in business with, with uh, this person. So uh, it's important to be uh, sincere. And uh, then and it, and it's also about uh, TED Talks, yeah, as I, as I mentioned before. And uh, when you are... Uh, when you are doing business, it's always uh, connect uh, connected with uh, um, uh, public speaking, with the uh, communications with your uh, clients, um, employees, uh, with your team, and uh, of course <laughs> you need to uh, to be person uh, whom you can trust, and uh, uh, which <laughs> and person. Uh, if you don't like this who person, communicate, uh, who communicate well, of course. You know, uh, theoretically, theoretically, it's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely right because without your team, you cannot do anything. But mm -hmm. I'm surprised that um, some business people, they're very tough. They talk very directly with very big t power. It's all about money. Let's say if you don't bring money, you're useful, you're not useful for our team. And sometimes it's very, very tough. And you will say, oh no, I cannot work with that person. Mm -hmm. I cannot, but money and presence. Sometimes I notice they're not going together. Let's say I'm very, very feel empathy to people of culture, to people who are creators. But some of them, they are not people of, most of them, they're not people of business. They don't have money and they cannot earn them because they don't have that uh, cunning stuff, you know? But in business, you should be, you know, you should have tricks because you should get money for yourself and for your team. What do you think about that? Is it possible to be sincere and to make business? Because business, that means what? Let's say you, they have one client and you are fighting for this client and I'm fighting for that client how we can be sincere 100% because you will lose or I will lose and you you want to win because you come in the red lipstick and in the red <laughs> that means that you are the winner what you will do in that situation actually I strongly believe that uh, we um, we can't have a competition so I strongly believe because every person is um, every person has own uniqueness, and uh, you every you always can find your own clients. And I don't believe that uh, we need to fight for clients because I have one client. For example, uh, my audience. Uh, why I work with the entrepreneurs and executive mostly because they uh, came to me. Yeah, so I I. <laughs> I didn't choose them. So, um, and it's about every person. You will have your own clients and uh, we don't have, uh, we, we can't have competition. So, Evgenia, so I was trying to fight with you. I was trying to make a drama, but it's impossible to do a drama <laughs> because you are very, very beautiful and kind person and you are very soft and you are trying to unite all people. And that is a great, a great thing that you are doing. 
Thank you so much for being with us. Maybe you want to give some wish as a public speaker and as executive coach, as the guardian of the League of the Guardians of the World Leader Summit <laughs> for our audience. What do you want to wish for 2021? First of all, I would like to invite uh, all our audience to join us, to join our World Leader Summit and uh, on our um, event, uh, Women League, in the March. It, it, at uh, in in the International Women's Day, and uh, also if I would um, give you just one advice for being charismatic person, I would say just have fire in your heart. It's the most important. When you're passionate about what you do, you will overcome all uh, your fears. You will overcome. You will be able overcome all obstacles so it's really uh, it works <laughs> it works in my life and it works uh, in uh, lives of my clients that is beautiful let's have fire like Evgenia showed us today the fire in her eyes we will follow that Evgenia that was big big pleasure thank you so much for being with us and it was big honor to have you thank you so much thank and you. charismatic in 2021 I was happy thank to see you Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.